This episode discusses themes of suicide and cancer, just to let you know before you continue. Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I am Gurdjit Deegan, Campaign's Creativity and Culture Editor. Today, I'm joined by Emma Delafosse, Chief Creative Officer at Digitas UK, Martin Beverly, Chief Strategy Officer at Adam and Eve DDB, and on video link, we have Shelley Smoller, Chief Creative Officer at Droga5 London. Welcome to you all. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having us. So it's another festive themed podcast. We have some treats here, a bit of uh, mince pies for those of us in the studio. Um, And we're going to continue last week's discussion on Christmas ads, Adam and Eve's triumph at the big awards last week, and Shelley's prediction on the night that Adlan is moving away from purpose. So uh, lots to talk about. Okay, let's start with a huge congratulations to Martin and everyone at Adam and Eve uh, on your success at the big awards. You picked up 13 awards in total and you work for Campaign Against Living Miserably, the last photo won best campaign. It's fair to say that Adam and Eve dominated the awards. So Martin, what does it mean to you and the agency to win Agency of the Year? Well, it's a lovely accolade. So on behalf of everyone at Adam and Eve, thank you. Um, uh, the campaign bigs were a big deal for us. And I think it's always lovely to get recognition in front of your peers, particularly, you know, Shelley and Felix, not just because Shelley's here. Um, <laughs> and and, and I, I'm, I'm hopelessly biased, but I think it's just uh, hopefully more evidence that we just have a wonderful creative department and to Mike and uh, and Rick and, and Matt and Fergal and Mark, and they're, they're just incredible. And it's a joy to work with them every day. So when they go out to pick awards, yeah, that's great. And I, and also I think for us, the Calm campaign is something we're particularly proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want so, to explain a little bit about yeah, that then? Um, so Calm is the campaign against living miserably. They do a lot of work to try and uh, tackle mental health, particularly suicide. Um, you may have seen Project 84 that we did back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And the last photo is a follow-up. Um, and it's a campaign that means a lot to me personally because my cousin committed suicide a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would never have known that something was awry uh, if you looked at his social media. It was all smiles. And the campaign is about the fact that suicide doesn't, you know, suicidal doesn't always look suicidal. And it's um, we created an exhibition of 50 photos uh, on the South Bank. And it turned out that each of those photos was the last photo ever taken of someone before they committed suicide. Uh, and the, the campaign's had an incredible response. And uh, I really hope it's going to make a difference for the charity and ultimately help us save lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Shelley, obviously, as co-chair of judges, um, alongside Felix, uh, Felix Richter, Mother's CCO, what stood out for you about that particular campaign? Well, yeah, I just think it's such an interesting, accomplished piece of work. Firstly, you know, it just punched you in the gut in a way that not much does, especially when you're a hardened creative like myself. And that was a really important thing. Um, And I think just the fact that it was judged and won nine awards, all judged by different panels of cynical creatives is really testament to that fact. Um, and then I, I just think, you know, there was a lot of debate about purpose-led work, which I'm sure we'll get to later. But even if if one puts purpose um, to one side, this was just such a beautiful insight. And it was just well executed and tailored 
not cut, but actually tailored to every one of the different mediums that it ran in. So, yeah, I mean, this was my favorite piece of work by a mile. And, um, yeah, I, it, it makes me very jealous. So, so well done. So you touched on this um, purpose in advertising. And on the night, um, yourself and Felix were on stage uh, talking about this and what you saw from um, your, your judging process. Um, do you want to explain a little bit about what you said on the night? Sure. Um, I was just saying that generally it feels like we're at the pinnacle of purposeful work. Uh, it feels like the award shows are just completely saturated with work for charities or brands that co- for co-opted causes. And I mean, it's worth mentioning, this isn't the first show that I've judged where the overwhelming majority felt that way. Um, and I know in this show, there was a lot of debate about whether things should win because they do good or because they are good. But, um, and obviously we should celebrate work that does good in the world, but our, ultimately our day-to-day jobs will always be to seduce people into buying goods and services um, and drive brand growth. And I don't think that that always comes through in this work. Um, and yeah, just the heavy presence of it suggests that maybe we're reaching the end of an era. You know, it's like, of course, it's important that we do good in the world especially now. But uh, in terms of a creative trend, there's definitely room for something new. Um, and it feels like it's mm-hmm. coming. Like I don't, I, I personally, I don't mind if, if the work is worthy or if it's woke or if it's witty or, but the, the real issue is when there's a dominance of one kind of work, only one kind of work. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel is happening right now. You know, no one, would take a creative seriously if they only did one thing very well. We, what we celebrate is variety in the industry as a whole. And I don't think there's enough of that at the moment. Um, Mm. So yeah, I think it's time for a new kind of work we were saying, and that like just a new way, a a new way of marketing something, you know, we've been through all the eras, the case study era and the, and the comedy era and this era. And it just feels like, What's next? What's going to be the next big thing? I see you um, nodding here, Emma. Um, you were, Emma, you were there on the night. Mm-hmm. So how, how did this go down with the audience? Well, I think everybody absolutely adores The Last Photo as a campaign. It's tremendously powerful. You know, and as Shelley said, it was like, you know, you, you experienced that sort of very visceral reaction, the punch in the gut. Um I think to, to Shelley's point about having a kind of a healthy mix of work at award shows, though, I think that's so important because one of the roles of award shows is to inspire us to, you know, bigger and better things. And if you're not really seeing many examples of, you know, creative solutions for really tricky business problems, you, you you're not you know, you, you, you're not seeing the thing that you want to aspire to. You're not looking at something and thinking, that's such a smart solution for that really tricky brief. You know, I get briefs like that on my desk all the time or my clients experiencing similar problems. If you're not seeing the kind of work coming through that tackles those kind of like commercial issues and brand issues quite so much, we're not educating ourselves. We're not driving ourselves onto bigger and better things. To, to Shelley's point, if there's only one kind of work coming through mm. and it tends to just be purpose-driven work, 
then really all we leave the award show knowing is how to do more great purpose-driven work. Exactly. Yeah, so a bit of a cycle then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so on the night it was kind of uh, suggested that we're on a, a cusp of a shift away from purpose. Do you think, what do you think about this, market, Martin? Well, I, th- I think we probably have reached peak purpose. And I don't just mean charitable ads, I mean brands being purposeful. And when you, in the cold light of day of a recession, not many brands are genuinely purpose-led and they won't put profit, they'll put profit first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's just been a wave for several years now of brands wanting to be purposeful. I think um, sometimes probably the truth is that it's masquerading the fact that we don't want to admit we sell things. It's easier to say we're saving the world than we're selling toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a few things going on now that mean that probably things will start to change. So first of all, once everyone starts to do it and it feels like it's the preeminent way to advertise, by definition, you don't stand out anymore. And um, someone told me, and this may be fake news, maybe a fake fact, I should have my facts straight as a planner, but apparently 93% of the awards in Cannes were purpose-led. Mm. So at that point, you go, well, this must have swung too far. Mm. Um, The other thing which I'm sure everyone's aware of is the economy is dire. Um, And so people will start to buy based on value more and more. And whilst in research, they might say, well, yes, I would choose a brand if it is sustainable. In reality, they won't. They'll buy the thing that's there in front of them and is good value, good quality. And that might start to shift how brands start to operate. They might start to refocus on the things that really work in this climate. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think perhaps we have reached peak purpose and it might start to change and maybe Shelley uh, and Felix are right that there's a new wave to come. I wonder if the shift will be towards companies, brands, organisations actually changing their business models, changing what they do, how they make things rather than just making ads about purpose. I think I, I'd, I'd love to see that. I think that sometimes doing purpose-driven work sometimes lets brands off the hook a little bit. It's kind of like, yep, I've ticked that box. I've you know done something very purposeful in my comms, in my communications. But then actually you look at how the company runs, what it makes, how it makes things. That's not very sustainable or it's not you know particularly... Um, you know, that, that there are huge improvements that can be made actually on the commercial side of things. And I think that sometimes companies just, you know, doing lots of purpose-driven campaigns almost lets them off the hook from doing anything that's meaningful change within the company itself. So I'd love to see that. And I also hope that brands become a little bit more honest, you know, about what it is that they do and, and the value that they offer you because, you know, people now can smell the... Am I allowed to say bull, the bull, the bull from, from, <laughs> <You can swear. laughs> from the bullshit from, from a find? Um, I think that would go a long way to kind of, you know, get, gaining a bit of credibility with consumers. Mm. I mean, there's a famous phrase, isn't there, that a principle isn't a principle until it costs you money. And I think it's probably the same with purpose. And so there are brands out there like the John Lewis partnership that are genuinely purpose driven and they will say we'll only make sufficient profit we will we will put other things first but many companies are more commercially attuned and they're trying to reduce the impact that they have which is a good thing um so i don't want to suggest that we shouldn't be doing purpose-driven work but i also think we should have more tools we should have more sort of clubs in the bag that we can use um 
And also purpose doesn't have to be po-faced. It doesn't always have to be worthy and serious. It can be fun and it can be engaging. Mm, definitely. Let's move on to Christmas ads. So um, help yourself to mince pies, guys. Um, okay, so first of all, let's start with the controversy. Um, and we always have one around a Christmas ad every year. Um, well, most years. Last year, it was uh, Tesco showing Santa with the COVID passport, um, which uh, got quite a few complaints. And this year, it's the Waitrose and Partners ad. Um, let's have a quick listen to the ad first. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Listen once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas so the ad shows the year-long effort that Waitrose and its suppliers put into making Christmas food. And it includes a scene where two farmers roll up their sleeve to see who has a darker tan line. It's this scene that's caused offence. Um, there's been a bit of backlash on um, on Facebook. Um, so Martin, as um, Adam and Eve were behind the work, what, what do you think of this backlash? And could you explain a little bit about um, what Waitrose said? Well, as you say, the, the ad celebrates the care and effort that Waitrose partners and farmers put in throughout the year, through every season, through every weather to make Christmas amazing for customers. Uh, and as part of that, we showed some farmers um, during the summer uh, and they had suntan lines. And it was it was intended to be lighthearted and true to life. Um but we've very much listened to the feedback that we had um, and we very quickly re-edited the ad to um, amend that scene and it's back on air without that scene. Oh, wow, that was quick. Um, yes. Yeah, so it wasn't our intention um, and course. we listened very mm. carefully to the um, the comments that we received because safety in the sun is extremely important. Mm -hmm. So we very quickly re-edited it and it's back on air, but in a, in a safer format. Mm. And Waitrose apologised though as well, didn't they? And that's Yeah, Waitrose has released a statement yeah. and you know and saying that it, it wasn't their intention and that they have they have changed it. Of it, course. it was supposed to just be lighthearted and and um yeah but we've listened to the feedback. Yeah so um so this is a brand you know they've they've owned that um and uh, Emma what did what did you make of this story? Um I was talking to one of my uh creative directors last night about this ad and what happened and we just thought that it was such a shame, to be honest with you, that something so really innocuous brewed up so in, into a storm so quickly. But that's social media for you. Mm -hmm. You know, if we didn't have the social media platforms that we have, this probably would never have happened. You know, it, it may have been a, a letter to Waitrose or something like that. But the speed at which things just develop now is phenomenal. The reason we thought it was a real shame, actually, and we, we you know, di didn't see anything wrong with farmers comparing tan lines because it's just part of the story about, as you said, you know, the hard work that um, Waitrose put in, um, literally it starts the day after Christmas or the day after New Year's Day and it goes all the way through, is, you know, the amount of time they spend out in the fields and you naturally get a suntan and who's to say they weren't wearing sun lotion anyway and sun protection. 
But we, the reason we thought it was such a shame was just because this kind of thing terrifies clients. And it's really difficult as it is to sell brave work to clients and to get clients to run it. And for something, I think, this small to really blow up like this, I think will just make clients more risk averse. They see this happening, they think, oh, oh, thank goodness that wasn't me. Don't want that to be me. And everything is just going to become like treading on eggshells. Mm -hmm. And just one small point here. I've, I've had cancer. Um, so oh, I don't say this lightly. No, 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 it's fine. It's very, very widely. No, it's fine. I tell everybody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so I don't say this lightly. You know, I know what it's like to have um, advanced stage cancer. So it's no disrespect to melanoma sufferers at all. I just think that this is a creative story. You know, I think a lot of people made some assumptions about the tan lines mm. um, that, you know, oh, they weren't wearing sun cream and blah, blah, blah. And and it's caused a, a stink, really. And I, I just think it's pity. Yeah. I mean, well done, you guys, for turning it around mm. so quickly and redoing the edit. And, you know, hats off to Waitrose, you know, great Indeed. brand values, etc. From a creative point of view, I just think it was a shame that a storm in a teacup ended up being yeah. quite such yeah. a big thing, really. What's your take on it, Shelley? I have to say I completely agree. You know, I think the melanoma issue was an innocent, you know, if slightly irresponsible oversight by somewhere but someone but I don't think I think it was blown completely out of proportion especially when you have shows like Love Island broadcasting master classes in oil sun tanning for months on end it's a little mm. bit unfair to blame a 30 second not even a 30 second broadcast it's like a split second within a 30 second broadcast in the middle of yeah. winter for adding fuel to the fire you know I just think yeah I think it was it was blown a little bit out of proportion in my personal opinion. Indeed. Okay, let's go on to reviewing some of the Christmas ads. Um, first up, we have Amazon with Joy is Made by Lucky Generals, which tells the story of a child whose favourite toy is a festive snow globe. And Amazon has called on Academy Award winning Taika Waititi to direct the ad. Let's have a listen. So Martin, what did you make of the work? Well, I think it's a lovely ad. Um, and the first thing I wanted to say is that Lucky Generals have done amazing work over the last few years for Amazon, like big advertising, Super Bowl, Christmas. And I think I'm right in saying that infamously Jeff Bezos said that adver- he didn't believe in advertising and it was a tax on a poor product. And now Amazon is an amazing advertiser. Um, and the fact that they've got Taika Waititi to direct it is, is a coup in of itself. Um, and I think the sentiment that it's not necessarily about what you buy, but what you make and what you do is feels right for this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the story is lovely uh, and it has a lovely ending. And I think if you can get past the cynicism that actually Amazon wants to sell you a lot of presents. Uh, I think there's a lovely sentiment to it this year. And uh, like I said, it's a big, ambitious piece of work, which you have to applaud. Mm -hmm. Uh, Emma? I loved it. Um, I like the touches um, that they put in to show that actually you don't have to buy everything. 
you know, the chap goes to his neighbour and borrows a fan yes, and borrows a tree. A you know, you, they could have got that completely wrong and had the guy buying everything off Amazon, which would have been an utter disaster. Um, but they didn't. They, yeah. they, they were actually really sensitive around that. So I thought it was lovely. My preferred length um, is probably a 60, actually. Okay. I found the full length one possibly a little slow. To be mm-hmm. honest, I, I preferred some of the shorter edits, not the 30, 30 is too short. <laughs> Creatives cheering, yeah, 30 is too short. Um, but yeah, the sort of like the, the, the 60 and the 90, I think, were, were better for me. But yeah, heartwarming and does such a great job for the Amazon brand, which could so easily be, you know, the evil devil that killed the high street. But you come away feeling nice and warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Shelley, I know Amazon um, is a client, but obviously you didn't work on, on this ad. What, what did you make of their Christmas work? Yeah, um, I, I shared the same sentiments. I love the work and I love that they stuck to their formula of really tapping into real human emotion, you know, and it's so customer centric. You know, it's not just the brand art. Um, that's something that I remember we always focused on in our work. I also loved, I just, I thought they showed a lot of restraint in not going into too much of the background of the attachment to the toy and all of that. And like you say, I just think it's the right message at the right time. Yeah. It's lovely. Great. So next up, uh, let's go for Lego. Um, this was one of the first of the festive ads that was released this year, I think on the 1st of November. Um, it's called Build a Playful Holiday by the Lego Agency, and it features Katy Perry in a Lego dress on a float made of Lego, of course, uh, by some kids. And they're all delivering Christmas gifts. Let's have a little listen. <laughs> Emma, let's go to you first. Um, are you a Lego fan? What did you make of the ad? Massive Lego fan. Got are a big you? box of Lego at home. Yeah, I've got lots of unfinished Lego kits in my <laughs> cupboard. And every Christmas I say, well, I'm going to do those. I'm going to do those <laughs> this Christmas. But I am going to do those this Christmas. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought, you know what? I mean, to Shelley's point about being, you know, sort of like customer centric, it gets inside the head of the kids. And this is what they see. This is what they imagine. Um, so from that point of view, I, I thought it was really charming. Um, there's little touches in it as well, like you know, Katy Perry sort of nearly losing her footing like as the that. yeah, as the sort of vehicle thing, whatever it is, kind of trundles trundles off down the road. Um, yeah, and no, I, I I thought it was great. Again, it's it's you know, it's from the point of view of the child, which is what Lego is absolutely all about as a as a brand. Mm. Um, so I thought it was bang on the money um, from that POV. Um, I think branding wise, I would have possibly constructed the vehicle slightly differently to have sort of more actual bits of Lego on it because I was looking at that sort of thinking, oh, is that part of the range? You know what I mean? So, um, but a that's my Lego only, fan, right? Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Lego anorak. Um, but yeah, so, so, so um, that, that would be my only sort of bit of feedback or build on it. But yeah, I thought it was charming. Okay. And Martin, what did you make of it? Well, I think you have to love Lego. And I can't say anything against Lego because Rick Brim will have me killed. (laughs) Um, So it's a wonderful brand. And it's just a big sort of like joyful 
it captures kids imagination the only thing that i sort of thought watching it was maybe they could have told a story with a little bit more heart and soul mm-hmm. to it um and it speaks to kids and i wonder whether like i'd i'd read somewhere that a lot of kids wish their parents played with them more um oh yeah and and parents also you know love to play with lego because it mm. reminds them that they're a kid and i just kind of wonder whether they could have tapped into that a bit more to appeal to both parents and kids but that's me being a planner on a on a brand that i do not work on um so uh, i'm sure this will will do a great job for them it feels really joyous i love the fact that they've just taken a kid's kind of imagination to the extreme mm. and and shelly what do you think I mean, I'm just going to start by saying I too love Lego. <laughs> Absolutely oh, love it. I generally love the work they do. Um, I love the idea that children's imaginations brought to life in the real world and that they initiate a new way of gift giving. If I had to put my critical lens on, um, it felt to me like some of the elements had less of a reason for being there. Like, I love the eclecticism that comes through, you know, that's true to Lego in the vehicle that Katy Perry was on. I loved all of that. But then um, kind of having that, the other brand tie-ins of like the superhero flying in felt like a bit more of an ad within an ad, less of a reason for having mm-hmm. to be there, you know, or like the the link to the the princess and the other cliched characters felt a little bit tenuous. It just, it felt like some of the elements didn't quite add up or, or have enough of a reason to be there. But I, but I generally loved the, you know, the idea behind it and thought it was brought to life beautifully if it wasn't for those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. So next let's go to McDonald's with the list by Leo Burnett Here we follow a story about a little boy with a very long Christmas list. However, it all gets blown away, but the one bit that he managed to keep hold of is a drawing of his family. Let's have a little listen. Look what we're doing there. Why don't you make a Christmas list? A list. Looking from a window. It's like a story of love. Shelley, what did you think of the message here? Well, I, I really loved the message. Um, I love the idea of an alternative Christmas list and encouraging people to focus on what's really important this Christmas. I thought, I thought that was great. And I generally love the, the ads uh, that McDonald's do or that Leo Burnett does for McDonald's. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only thing is I kind of I feel like I wish the list was surrendered maybe rather than lost. Um, and another thing I did love was the way they bought the product in really honestly. You know, it wasn't like a delightful feast by mcdonald's all around the table it was you know quite an honest depiction of how people use the product and actually you know on a feeling a bit down and shopping around they would just pop into a mcdonald's and have a meal they it was understated it wasn't like it's going to change your life it was just done i I thought it was treated like really beautifully so so yeah i had to for that um martin what were your thoughts are you a mcdonald's fan 
Yeah, Leah Burnett do amazing work uh, again and again, and it's the gold standard for effectiveness too. It is, it is indeed, yes. Um, what, what I liked about this ad is it, it reads the room well again, a bit like Amazon. It's saying, you know, it's not necessarily about the list of stuff that you buy. It's the people and your family that truly matter. And that feels like the right sentiment given everything that's going on. So I, I really liked that about it. Um, the only thing that, and I think this is just because I'm maybe easily triggered um, from working on John Lewis for many years, but it felt quite John Lewisy in the in the kind of early phases of the the little boy writing the list and and the soundtrack re-record. Yeah. Uh, and I'd seen I'd seen scripts in the past called The List, and I thought, oh. But then I think to Shelley's point, they resolved it really well. The product came in, and the ending nearly brought me to happy tears, um, but just not quite. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great, and and I, I, again, I think this year the challenge was reading the room, and I think they've read the room well with that piece of work. Yeah, that's that is a good point. Emma, did you think they read the room well? Yeah, I, I agree with with what Martin's saying, and also mm. what Shelley was saying as well. And I think, again, it's so easy, isn't it, just to sort of like get it wrong and become a little bit heavy handed with a brand, and oh, actually, McDonald's what was on his, you know, was what was on his list, but. Spending time with mum and dad, mm. you know, was was the thing that that, that came through. Um, so you absolutely yes to reading the room, and and also you know, the, the the just the sheer consistency, this consistent quality with which you know McDonald's just delivers or Leo Burnett's you know d- mm-hmm. delivers for McDonald's is just absolutely outstanding. To have to make that much work and get it absolutely spot on every time is a phenomenal achievement. So mm. yeah, hats off to them really. Brilliant. Okay, so let's go on to Argos with Avalanche by the AND Partnership. Here, Argos is celebrating the chaos of Christmas. We see a couple getting ready uh, to host a party, expecting a handful of people, but the camera then cuts to hundreds of people running towards their house, uh, desperate to celebrate Christmas this year. Um, Let's have a quick listen. So how many are coming? Just a few. going to need a bigger bowl. Shelley. I, th- I actually, I really like this. I thought it was a very different way into Christmas this year. It really stood out for me as, you know, it just was very different to all the others. Um, I think, you know, most other ads tapped into the joy of Christmas and they tapped into the fear, the anticipation, that daunting <laughs> feeling of what feels like you're hosting an army of people. I thought it was a really sharp holiday insight. Um, and I love the way the, the different traditions and gags of British Christmas are given a new spin as they played out by like hordes of marauding relatives. I thought that was really interesting <laughs> and funny. I, th- I loved that it was lighthearted um, and the way they, they really teed up the brand as your go-to place when you're in a rush to add things to your list. It gave them like a real RTB. Um and then, yeah, I think the we're going to need a bigger bowl just is is, a ca- is really catchphrase ready. Um, and the suspenseful, like, doorbell ring at the end just leaves the right am- note of ambiguity to where it's all going to go. Um, you know, like, at the end of watching it, I felt like I asked myself, you know, was I, was, 
maybe did I feel any less emotional for not having that beautiful music and the little child in the head, but actually I didn't. I thought it was heartwarming, you know, the fact that the couple came together as a team and they were like, we can do this, we're just going to need a bigger ball. <laughs> I thought it was like quite warm and um, yeah, I really liked this. I thought it was great. Um, great. So Emma, what did you make of it? It genuinely frightened me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, it was those people running towards the house clasping you know trifles and goodness knows what else is kind of oh my god that is terrifying don't open the door don't open the door um yeah I thought I thought it was yeah it's great again it's just really insightful all the best work comes from fantastic insights doesn't it Mm. um I actually read the the print ads they've done a long copy print ad as well and I could yeah and I could really kind of feel the sort of um I don't know, tension or sort of anger coming from the creative team when writing it. Because <laughs> I was kind of like, you've lived this, haven't you? You know, you, you really don't like having the relationship, <laughs> relations around for Christmas. But again, brilliantly written, lovely long copy ad. Mm. Um, yeah, funny. But as I said, it genuinely frightened me a bit. I sort of thought, Christ, I'm not inviting anybody around. It's a really <laughs> good point, Argos. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not having anybody not in. <laughs> no extra bowls for you then? No extra bowls for me. What did you think of the insight, Martin? Yeah, I, lo- I like the fact that it's distinctive. Um, you know, to Shelley's point, they've kind of played on the anxiety. And I think positioning Argos as a kind of one-stop shop to get you through the stress of the chaos of the season, I think is really interesting. And also high street humor, it feels very like every man, like in a good mm, way. Yeah. Know? And it, and it's sort of representing what, what it's kind of really like. Um, I like the touches of humor in it. I just think um, there are so many Christmas ads out there. It's whether it can cut through all of that Christmas ad chaos, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's the tr- that's the really tricky thing. But I, I applaud the fact that they've gone for something distinctive that feels like it's different to where others have gone. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks different though, doesn't it? Because it, it visually it just it comes across as quite different from all the other ads that have got groaning tables and lots of red and lots of warm colours and lots of green. This just looks really different. So I, I think it might stand out actually from the rest. Mm-hmm. They've taken a different approach. Great. Okay. So that's all we've got time for in terms of reviewing the ads. But shall we end with everyone's favourite Christmas ad? Um, Emma, do you want to tell us about your one? So my favourite Christmas ad is for Paddy Power. Um, and it's it's Crouchy is this- um, doing the, the Christmas song. So it's the yes. football chants, it's Christmas songs. I love it. It's absolutely brilliant. Emma, I love you. <laughs> Did you do that? That's true. I, honestly, that's not, I'm not a plant. I'm not a plant. Um, but I saw that and I just thought that is genius. Um, have you released it as a, sorry, this is going to look so set up now, isn't it? It's the yeah. genuinely, can you actually buy it? I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, can, yeah, yeah. You actually re- released it as a as a sort of like a playlist or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can buy the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny, oh, and cool. it, you know, and the way it's shot, you know, it's shot in that kind of retro. You know, back in the seventies and the eighties, they were doing you know Christmas songs, Ktel or Ronco or whatever it is. It's really done in that way. So I thought it was just fab. Yeah, that's mine. Oh, brilliant, um, <laughs> Martin. My favorite is uh, Buddy. For Asta. Asta, yes. Um, just because it made me laugh. Yeah. It felt different. It felt kind of audacious that they'd managed to get the rights and then they'd kind of used him in that way. And it just felt kind of fun. And to the point earlier, when people maybe are feeling 
a little low this year. It's a little bit of joy and a little bit of escapism and it. And, uh, you know, I kind of love it for that. Shelley, what was your favourite one this year? Oh, it's a really tough one, uh, I have to say. But I, I think just by my sheer enthusiasm when you asked about Argos, I'm going to have to go with that one. It was just, I love it for its distinctiveness and, you know, the fact that it was brave and bold and tried something different. So I'll go with that. Brilliant. Thank you all for joining us. That's all we have time for. Uh, So thanks to all of our guests. And if you would like more on the stories that we have been discussing, please visit our website, campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you to our producer, Aidan Lyons from Rethink Audio, and to you for listening. I hope you will join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye. Goodbye.